first thing I thought of before I said that was I, I kept thinking of uh, Hitman's wife's bodyguard, like where he's like, I hope George and what's his name are Pierre, okay? Like, like, like I kept thinking. That was like the greatest line. Welcome to the What's Our Verdict Podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crutter. I'm here with my co-host, Javier Ortiz. What is up, my nerds? And Ian Anderson. Some shit. We appreciate your help growing the podcast. Go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button. Tell a friend about us. Go check out our website, whatsourverdict.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter. You can also listen to all of our episodes there. You can also pick up some sweet, sweet merch and interact with us. Leave comments on our episodes. We'd love to see that. Question we always ask, if you ever find yourself wondering if you spend the time, money, or both on a movie, to help with that question, each week we put a movie on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know our verdict. Today we're reviewing Shang-Chi. It was released September 3rd, 2021. It was written by Dave Callahan and Destin Daniel Cretton. It was directed by Destin Daniel Cretton. It stars Simu Liu, Tony Chu Wai Lung, Aquafina, Menger Zhang, Fala Chen, and Michelle Yao. Shang-Chi is forced to confront his past ever being drawn into a mission by his father, the leader of the Ten Rings organization. If you haven't seen this movie yet and you want to avoid spoilers, now's the time to pause the podcast, go watch this movie, come back, pick up where you left off. If you're not afraid of spoilers, hang out with us because we're going to spoil all the shit out of this thing. I feel like organization is a very generous term. Isn't it, though? Yeah, that's a good point. Also, who who came up with the name, right? That's like the most uncreative name it's like, what yeah. should we call ourselves? Like, how about the Ten Rings? Like, I thought those things are under arms with the Ten Rings. It's like, yeah, these are the Ten Rings, but we will also be the Ten Rings. Why don't we just go by a different, maybe like the Order of the Ten Rings? No. One of those where the leader's like trying to give them a little morale boost. Like, yeah, you're part of the team too. I'll outlive all of you by a thousand years, but thanks for working. You are work. just as important as these godlike weapons. Yeah, the weapons that make me pretty much immortal and I can create a... <laughs> Invince a bubble around me as I take on an entire army. Group. We are a people-focused cult. Yeah. <laughs> We're all about morale. It's all about the culture here. All about the culture well, in, here. The, in the first fight, I was surprised he brought an army because he kind of just yeah. charged them all himself, broke down the gate. I was like, why Why do you need these guys? Yeah. yeah. Paperwork? Admin? I mean, that's the kind of army I want to be involved in, right? So I'm I'm okay being in that army where I just got to sit oh, there yeah. and watch this dude decimate the other army and then go in and clean up. For after. sure. Yes. Sign me up for that. Yeah. Tactically speaking on that first fight, if you know this dude like throws himself into the fray and just hand-to-hand fights people, that's when I would shoot the volley of arrows and just sacrifice all of my men. How is he going to fight all these dudes and block 10,000 arrows? If he does, then it's like, all right, yeah, we surrender. We're done. We're good. We're not. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm telling you. All right, so let's talk. Since we've already talked about it, we jumped into the beginning. I was a little worried because we jump right into this. We need the explanation, right, of this of the dad. And uh, hang on, let me let me make sure I know his name, and I'll butcher it too. But I don't want to just call him the dad the whole time. Zhu Wenwu is his name. So we'll just call him Wenwu. So. I think that's what they called him in the movie. Wen Wu. Yeah, that's what they call. That's what he said his real name was. Wen yeah, Wen Wu. So Wen Wu, we have to be introduced to him in this whole story of the Ten Rings. So he gets the Ten Rings. We don't know how he gets them, but man, they make him a badass. He's invincible. He can create this bubble. He just decimates this army like we've mentioned. And then he wants to get even more power. So he's obviously just obsessed with power and tries to find this village that has all these mystical creatures and, you know, and, and this more and more power. And then we get some weird CGI with like this attacking forest thing, which was really cool. <laughs> it will. Eat. I was not expecting that. No, that was a that was a good like. What the hell just happened? Yeah. And he busts through the car door at the last second. And JJ next to me as this SUV careens over this cliff, <laughs> free falls for ten seconds before it hits trees at the bottom. JJ's like, I think those guys are dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good guess <laughs> the first thing i thought of before i said that was i i kept thinking of uh hitman's wife's bodyguard like where he's like i hope george and 
what's his name or oh pierre okay like, like, like i kept thinking that was like the greatest line whoever was driving that jeep when it went off and he's sitting around the rock looking out hope you guys are okay oh like, those guys are okay because they just kept they were not and falling and falling i was like holy shit that's a long ass fall then it just gets gobbled Jeez. up by these trees yeah that, that forest was creepy especially in the beginning when you do don't you know one, what the hell's going on i do have one question about the forest does it only spit out and eat cars because he came back multiple times right and it wasn't like it was the it's, it's only if it's moving of the open path yeah yeah, it's only once you, when you're on that path. Like from my understanding is when you're on that path and it starts to close, it turns into this really mm-hmm. condensed forest that you couldn't drive through, but you could walk through. That's kind of what my understanding of it was. But you're never going to find like he found the entrance to the city. And then he got his ass handed to him. But like that was because he was able to walk through the forest, but a car wasn't going to be able to drive through. See, I don't I know gonna- why it would even open up at all. You know what I mean? Why does this village need cars to be able to drive through the forest? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like they should have just bombed the entrance and called it a day and nobody could ever get through. Like, they're not going through anyways. Yeah. It's just irresponsible to leave a front door on this place. Yeah. And a maze. Like, that was my first thought. I was like, why do we even need... I mean, I get it. It makes a cool visual and it's cool. You got to have a way to get in there because that's the whole center of the story. But but I was thinking, I was like, what do they do? Ride the, the foo dogs out? Because the foo lions, which were Dude, badass. That, by the way. When they slap some armor cool. on it, oh, I was yeah. like, it was like golden compass when they're slapping armor on, on polar bears. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, let's yeah. go. Let's go eat some dudes. Yeah. Yeah. The shishi were the coolest. I can't, I think I talked about them with Javier like three times in the movie. I was like, these fucking she, these lions are cool. And that, yeah. So they're shishi. Because they they or when they're stone and then they're they're a different one because they have bronze versions. But wanted to get mm. out the proper name. They are shishi, and then in Western cultures we call them foo dogs or foo lions or stone lions. Is what? Oh, I didn't know any of that. That's good yeah. to know. Yeah, I did some research because mm. I was curious because I I've seen them right. You see them all the time in like palaces and different structures in Asia and things like, especially in China. So I was looking it up and I was like, what do they call those? besides food dogs because i've only ever heard them called food dogs so i was like i wonder but yeah shishi is what they're called in china oh that's good to know they were terrifying and huge oh yeah it was awesome it was awesome entertaining and educational exactly (laughs) the more you know (laughs) (laughs) thank you for tuning in to jj's corner (laughs) there's jj's educational corner today i love it (laughs) so he goes to find this village and meets his future wife, Lee, but not wife at the time. Lee, that's yeah. her name. Mm-hmm. So, so she just, she's just the only one like guarding the entrance to, <laughs> to this village. And they don't replace her. And they, yeah, they don't bother. Yeah. They're like, she was the only one. Oh, I guess we're just out of luck. I and feel like she was that friend that you keep it at arm's length that you're just like, you know, we've got a special job for you. <laughs> yeah, special we want ever. you to guard the entrance. So you're like a fielder on a, baseball, on a softball team. Like, yeah, yeah come play. Some, come be on the, the work softball team. We're going to put you in right field. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just you're going to be the lookout. It's the most important job. And then that just leads into probably one of the most uncomfortable little fight scenes that I've had to be a part of. Yeah, it was really weird. It wasn't as weird as The Rock and and Emily Blunt, but it was weird. Like the cute little, but I, yeah, you know. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like the cute little looks, like the fight, the choreography was pretty cool. For me, like it's not my preference. I don't love like the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon kind of rope work like that. I don't love that. Mm-hmm. And there was a little more of that in there than most of the movie, but the slow-mo, like them looking and like smirking at each other kind of thing while they're fighting. I was like, I, this is awkward. Like, <laughs> I think maybe because it's like, it's almost like I imagine like fighting like that, especially in that situation where they're obviously stopped trying to actually hurt each other, or kill each other. They're just testing each other. It's almost intimate. It's like watching people be intimate. And I'm like, I don't want to watch your intimate moment. I get it. But maybe that means they did a really good job of showing it because I was a little uncomfortable. Yeah, we're like after that, we have to 
add a letter on the end of like BDSM. It's like BDSM M for like martial arts. Like, I don't know. I feel like we're invading their intimate privacy of beating each other up. Spicy for sure. (laughs) But I do love that. She just like basically mocks him the whole time. Like, He's like working his ass off. He's got these rings that we just watch him decimate an entire army with by himself. And he can't even hit this woman. <laughs> like, she has all his rings at one point. And yeah. like gives them back. Yeah. She's like, here you go. I don't need him. I'm cooler than you. <laughs> oh, JJ, Marvel yeah. comic question. Why do the rings change color? Because they're like that cool blue. And then they go into like this orangish reddish. And they did it with him, him, Shang-Chi and his mom. So I was kind of yeah. curious if you had any educational tidbits that you could <laughs> bestow upon Welcome us. Welcome to JJ's Educational Corner. Yeah, I wish I had more information as far as the color change. Now, I know a lot more when we get to the end of the movie and we talk about like the, the post-credit scenes, there were some things revealed that I have some ideas on based on comics. But as far as the color change, I, I'm not too big on because I didn't read a lot of the Shang-Chi comics specifically i've read comics where he was part of because he was part of the avengers for a while so i've read ones where he's part of it but i don't haven't read a lot of shang chi's comics and so i don't know a lot about that color change piece my assumption is it's just like the idea of one it's a visual for the movie and then two the understanding of everything having to do with the dragon with the exception of his sister's armor later on in the movie was more of a reddish tint so i think it had to do with that he had the heart of the dragon like his mom said and so it attuned to him in that way and where his dad was kind of a cold hearted bastard. That's it. That blue kind of represented the fact Mm -hmm. that he was kind of heartless and cold outside of Lee. Right. So that's just all speculation. There's no education to that though. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And I was too busy looking up Shishi to actually take it to a minute to look up the important stuff. Yeah, (laughs) Looking up the badass lions. I wanted to know more about those guys, not necessarily the color change, but I did like, so I'm not, when I've talked about this in past movies that we've done, I'm not a huge fan typically of flashback movies, like heavily flashbacked movies, but this one does it as good as it gets because the flashbacks aren't long. Once you get past the introduction of, Wenwu and Lee and how they fell in love and the fact that he gives up the 10 rings and she gives up her village and her power in order for them to be together. We start going into these cut scenes, these flashbacks for Shang-Chi after we're introduced to him. And I love the way that they did that because at first I was like, oh God, there's gonna be so many flashbacks, but that is the center of this story and the connective tissue of all these main Mm -hmm. characters that every time they showed a flashback scene, like a piece of my heart got chipped away in this movie. And I either hated or loved these characters even more. So these, and I wanted to know more. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa let's stay back there. And then we mm-hmm. cut to the, so if you can do a, a flashback scene for me, that makes me want to stay in the past instead of going to the main storyline, God, you're doing it right. Because I don't like flashbacks, but this movie did them well. What I really liked was the like the pacing of how they gave the backstory because the info dump on you in the beginning, just to bring you up to speed, like here are the 10 rings, here's who the dad is, here's who the mom is, boom, they have kids, right? So after that, like the first part of the movie is learning about Shane Chi, right? And how his dad like threw him into training and that was really hard for him. And so you learn, you're like, and you become so sympathetic to this kid who like, whose mom died, and whose dad is now like withdrawn into himself and has just become cold to his son, right? And then you learn about his sister, right? And her story. And then you learn about the dad's story. And so you have clear heroes and clear villains, but now the line is blurred where you're like, okay, so now some of these heroes are kind of villainy. Like they're not like, they're not Captain America lawful good heroes. And then you have these villains where you're like, would I realistically act much differently yeah. if I had all the opportunities, if I had the 10 rings and I went through the same thing, would I be that much different? And that those kind of stories I love, like those kind of questions where you're like, the hero's pretty relatable, the villain's pretty relatable, and why they're relatable is just so cool. And I think to kind of build on your lawful good, like Captain America and how none of them fit to that, you have Wen Wu, who is like the epitome of lawful evil, right? Like this guy has a side that's very honorable 
He gave up the 10 rings for his wife. And until she died, if she had not died, he probably would have continued to live this family man life, peaceful and not be this villain he had. He'd have grown well, old. Even if she died a different way. Sure. Yeah. If she, you know, maybe gotten sick or something a little different. But yeah, the way that she died. Oh God. Well, you don't know that until near the end of the damn movie. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. He died and then he kind of lost his shit. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we're beating around the bush. Can we dive into that one? Let's dive into that one. Yeah. So, so he's a bad person or he was right. And so he made enemies. I didn't even think about that. Nope. Right. Until this Chinese gang shows up basically asking for blood. And they're like, someone's got to pay. And his wife is basically like, leave my children out of it. And they're like, sure, they can leave. But as a mom, right, where you're facing, there was like 50 dudes yeah, that showed up at her doorstep to kill her husband or her. They didn't care. As a mom, you have to know that if you don't kill every single one of these, they're going to go after your kids. Right. And yeah. so that scene, I was just like, oh, my gosh. Well, and then the fact that they cut, so you have that moment and what they do so brilliantly is leading up to it. They've, they've hinged this entire relationship of all three of these characters in this family, right? Wenwu, Shang-Chi, and his sister, Xiling, to the mother's dying. Where they're at now is all based on their mother, Lee's death. Mm-hmm. And you know this from the beginning of the movie, pretty much, that this is mm-hmm. the catalyst for all three characters. But you don't know why it's other than the mother dying. He's running away. Father becomes a goes back to being a villain, creates a pretty much a villain out of his son. And then his daughter, who wants to be who Shang-Chi's becoming and he won't let her, you know, takes her own path. When you finally get to that scene of the mother fighting for her children, when the dad's not there, you see why all three characters are who they are. This daughter looks up to her mother who just kicked everybody's ass almost that was there right when the dad shows up again there's so many bodies laying around hers so she has absolutely demolished these guys but they get the better of her the dad comes home he left now takes blame on himself because these are his his demons that have come and taken his wife from him he wasn't Mm -hmm. there to protect her the kid had to leave his mom to go protect his sister and didn't come back so he wants to become someone that that'll never happen to again and live up to his dad's expectations. And his sister wants to be like her mom and kick everybody's ass, but his dad, her dad won't let her. So she has to learn it on her own. And all of this converge. And then you see it and you go, oh, shit. This is so good. Just how these characters are connected and all of their motivations in this movie are so the fact that you don't know until that that cutscene, and now everything becomes clear, and you can't help but go, I can justify everything that was done in this movie from every one of these characters. Yeah. And I like towards the end, they start to talk about this idea of the darkness in you and the lightness in you with Shang-Chi. And I feel like you see that. And even the dad for a while was choosing the light inside of him because of his wife. And I just think that that part of like kind of choosing who you want to be and you, that you have both of these in you um, was really relatable. And it was interesting to see each of the characters and how they grappled with that and which decisions they made when faced with those two. Yeah, like when the aunt was Lee's sister was explaining that you are the product of everyone who's come before you, the good and the bad. And I was like, that has been said before in movies, right? Like ultimately a pretty like cheesy kind of cliche moment, but it was actually really moving at the time when she delivered it to Shang-Chi. I was, I just loved that. It was like when JJ, when you said a like a piece of your heart chipped away at every oh. flashback, that's how I felt every time we saw young Shang-Chi, right? Oh, yeah. Because they do flashbacks to their family where they're like cuddling on the couch or playing Dance Dance Revolution or doing Tai Chi together, right? Normal family. They it's not like the dad was a warlord and the mom was a mystical martial arts expert and they were raising these just crazy kids. They were just they were nor they were a normal family. And then go from that to your mom being brutally murdered by gangsters and then your dad forcing you to train like an assassin from like one day to the next. How, and you could see it in that little kid's face. Oh like, yeah. Well, well then we he just commits. Uh, oh. I don't think we've talked about the scene yet where his dad takes him to this gang trying to track down oh. the leader and yeah. is like teaching his son like, 
I, th- I can't remember if it was JJ or Javier that said it last night, but basically giving this kid the ultimate, like the blood debt to cash in and bringing him up like to do that was like you said, that's, it was like heartbreaking, but at the same time you're going like, yeah, get him, get him, get him. Mm-hmm. But I, it's mixed. I was trying to explain this movie to Nicole and I got to that point where the dad explains a blood debt needs to be played by blood. And Nicole's like, that's, an insane thing to teach a seven-year-old. I'm like, yeah, no, totally, totally crazy. Like if Asen was seven, I wouldn't take him with me to go kill gangsters, right? <laughs> wouldn't take him with you though. But exactly, <laughs> yes. I'm like, if I had these 10 rings and you were killed by gangsters, I would burn the world to the ground. And that's why this villain, I'm like, I get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If I had an yeah. inkling that my dead wife was behind a wall, I would do anything to bring that wall down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, just... And speaking of that scene, when he takes Shang-Chi to, they find him and it, I mean, it's, he's still such a young kid. And the thing that really impressed me was they're standing at the doorway. And before Wen Wu actually goes in there and just demolishes these guys, he like looks at Shang-Chi for approval. And, for approval. Yeah. And Shang-Chi like looks at him and nods his head. And then he just brutally just destroys these guys. Dude poker table like oh. he walks up to the dude whose back is facing Wen Wu and he just baseball bats him out of the way with oh, these yeah. 10 rings and smashes the table and, and then the camera work was so cool because it pans oh. away from the fight so you can see the kid's reaction to it and yeah. then the wall next to the kid is like mirrored tile yeah. and so you see in detail what Wen Wu's doing as you see the kid's expression and I'm just like, what yeah. an amazing scene. Yeah. Probably one of the best scenes, if not the best scene in the movie. For sure. Because it's it tells you so much like that Wen Wu is not coming back from this. Yeah. No. Right. Like that that peaceful dude who hung out on the couch with his kids and his wife is gone. And as a seven-year-old, how do you witness that without being changed forever? Too? Sure. So it's just like a defining moment in both of these people's lives. But and to have the dad and to have Wen Wu come to his son after like showing all this violence and then to say, Hey, this is the path we're going down. Like, will you help me do this? And for him to like agree at seven, like, yeah, what a trajectory. To and of course he's seven. What seven-year-old wouldn't say, dad, I will follow you to the ends of the earth. Like yeah. lead on, right? Like, of course a seven-year-old would say yes to his dad. Sure. Well, and then you wonder, so again, it goes back to the masterful way that they set up, this storyline of they've shown you enough to show you what this kid went through to become who he is, the sticks in the side and the punch in the big tree in the house to dude to the point that his knuckles are bleeding and his dad's cleaning them for him. And, and, but you're like, why, why just be to impress your dad? I mean, I realize your mom's dead, but why would you put yourself through that? Like I kept asking myself, like, why do you continue to let that happen? I mean, look, I think all sons who have, a decent dad look to their dads and go, I would, you know, I want to do anything to impress them. And even some that have terrible dads think that, but there's got to be a point where you go, Oh, is this worth it just to impress my dad? Right. So I looked at that. And then when it gets to that point that we see seven-year-old Shang-Chi watch this and we realize exactly what happened. And then 14-year-old Shang-Chi gets the opportunity. Man, what a moment when when Wen Wu comes to him and he's trained and he's a killer and he's ready to go and he brings him that dagger and he says, we found the guy that killed your mother. This is your kill. It's your birthright. It's your birthright. Yeah, that's what it was. This To is go kill birthright. this guy. And he's like, yep. And I was like, okay, it made so much more sense to me to go – I understand now it wasn't necessarily for his father's approval. It was for the guilt that he felt over his mother dying and not being there. God, it was just so heart wrenching to watch this whole movie in that story piece. And they verbalize it too. the dad at the end, near the end of the movie was like, you were there when your mom died and you stood by and watched and did nothing. Right. So like that whole message, that whole message of guilt, like I was there. And I didn't do anything that he's like living with and trying to prove himself out of his dad throws in his face at the end. And I'm just like, what a nice little bow to just really seal that off for the audience. Well, and to take that a step further, the moment when he lets go of his guilt, when his dad's beat his ass and he comes back up on there and he looks at his dad and says, 
right before his dad throws him in the water, hits him into the water. And he says to him, yeah, but she would be, she wouldn't want you if she were still mm-hmm. here. Like, even if you could get her back, she wouldn't want you. She wouldn't and then he want loses you. it and just knocks his ass right into that lake. And I was like, Oh, what a fucking brutal, just but that's change. That was another super interesting part of these characters is because Shang Chi just a couple of scenes before said, my mom would hate the person that I've become. And so it's evident that both Wenwu and his son, Shang-Chi, struggle with this idea that Lee would hate the people that they've become. I love that Marvel leaned into that because at the beginning of the movie, Shang-Chi says he comes to face, you know, his dad sent him on this this mission and he kind of couldn't go through with it. And they kind of give you the impression that he he just didn't do it and kind of had that kind heartedness and didn't go through it. But you find out later in the movie that he did do it and like mm-hmm. what that kind of did for his character and the like complexity of it rather than it just being this like you said like lawful good they took it and they muddied it a little bit and made it more realistic and relatable and i thought that was Mm -hmm. super interesting and i'm glad that marvel didn't shy away from that and instead leaned into it yeah i really liked that too where i was like he did Mm -hmm. and so he's like i didn't i didn't leave just to run away from my dad i left because i thought if i changed everything about me that I could pretend like that didn't happen, that I didn't murder someone. And I'm like, that, that, I can see that taking a toll on a 14-year-old, a child soldier. Like, that's crazy. It's such a deep and dirty piece. And I will say, and Javier, you and I talked about this all through the movie, the one person that's 100% comfortable with who they are and what <laughs> they do and how they do it is the sister, Zhai Ling, my favorite character in this whole movie. By far. Like, she is amazing because Javier, like a third of the way through this movie, we watch Zai Ling just she's beating ass doing whatever the hell she wants. She leaves her brother hanging. Finally was like, I'll come back and help and then saves his ass like twice. And then Javier looks over, leans over and he goes, are they going to do it? Are they going to actually have a strong female character that's just a strong female character and they don't force it? She just is who she is. And I was like. It fucking feels like it. (laughs) And then, but I mean, that was like less than halfway through the movie. So I was like, God, they still have a long time to fuck that up. But they didn't. She is awesome from front to back. And I think she got the cooler armor. Just saying. I like her scheme way better than the red and black. It was way more flattering, too. Yeah. Shang Chi looked like he had like a little bit of a belly in his armor. I'm like. And we know he didn't based Which on steam with his shirt down. off. Yeah. 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 And he's yeah. When his sister whoops his ass in the arena, dude, his thought that she is so cool. First oh, of yeah. all, her flashback backstory is my dad won't even look at me because I remind him of my mom, which I'm sorry. Like, my wife has never died, but I feel like that's the reason in every movie. Yeah. But it's like, I can't, you look too much like your mother. I'm like, wouldn't that mean I want you next to me all the time? Right. Like, anyway. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I'm not going to sit on that one because I'm like, every, I would have to gripe on like literally every movie where a wife dies because that's yeah. the trope. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So her backstory is dad won't even look at me, won't let me train with the boys. So I watch them like a hawk all day and train all night. I'm like, okay, you're five. Holy crap, you are five years old. Well, and watching her, I loved the 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 scenes where they had them side by side. So Shang-Chi's training, he's getting his ass kicked. He's fighting with the masked guy, the death dealer guy. And then it shows her with that weapon, the knife on the rope and the, I can't remember what it's called. But you watch her doing that on her own and she's picking shit up faster than he ever did without any training and she's just a little badass from start to finish and then she just breaks off she realizes that she's trying to have a relationship with her brother where we need to stick together he leaves to deal with his guilt in the situation expecting her to come back because he promises i'll be back in three days she she hangs out and waits for him for a few years and then says fuck this escapes and creates an underground fighting ring where she makes millions of dollars and has famous avenger adjacents come and fight in her arena and train each other to fight in the middle of it i'm like this is awesome like she is such a badass and then she's completely unapologetic the whole movie for everything and everything she is and everything she does and she's 100 comfortable in her own skin she mm-hmm. blames everyone else for the mistakes that they make and holds them accountable 
but she realized I've just lived my life and I am who I am and fuck off if you don't like it. And I loved every minute of that character because of that. We talked about the, uh, what was probably the greatest scene in this movie, but I think maybe the greatest line was her line about, you know, my dad wouldn't let let me have a piece of his empire. So I'm going to go make my own. And I was like, yeah, yes. Yeah. Literal chills. I was oh, like, yeah. get it, girl. I was kind of surprised, Javier, because I thought your favorite character was going to be the orange hair side character, her like a uh, little oh, yeah, sidekick, sidekick guy that was like putting him in the, the fighting ring. And you know, I love that and- guy. So he's an amazing comedian. If you guys haven't heard like yes. his stand up, he's got Hilarious. great stand up. So when the elevator doors open and he's there, I was like, oh, yes, we are in for an amazing ride. And then what does he say? She's like, my Chinese is terrible. He's like, that's OK. I speak to ABC or yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been the I, that might have been the joke I laughed the loudest about. Was, yeah, I speak the ABC. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was so great. I can't remember his name, but he is funny as hell. Anyway. The other thing that I liked about the sister is that they don't fix the relationship with Shang-Chi and her in yeah. the movie. They make it better, sure. right? They're, they they start building the process of like repairing that relationship together, but it's not like, like the end of credit scene. Like clearly she is not repented of her ways, no. right? So I really like that aspect where it's not like at the end of the movie, everything's perfect and everyone are good guys now. Anyone who is a bad guy is now good 100%. Like that did not happen in this movie. No, and I, you know, I love that, like I said, they have, like you say, they've fixed it to a certain degree, but it's still not a great relationship. It's, it's one of mutual respect and the fact that they understand that they both live difficult lives and they've made choices and they are who they are. But yeah, I... I loved that she, like you said, you referenced the post-credit scene where she's now taking control of the Ten Rings and she's now allowed. See, I love that you see all these women training with the men and, you know, you got Razor Fist that's like now following her lead. And yeah, I love that. Oh, that she's, and again, she just continues to be unapologetic and she just does continues on with the empire and she's improving everything like i was laughing because she's putting like a satellite dish and she's putting solar panels on the place yeah. so it's not just some ancient chinese castle it's now she's updating it to make them more in tune with the times the more fight clubs yeah i love it that was a cool post-credit scene because it's the same camera angle same thing going on as when they're we're introducing uh when woo went during his like 10 rings thing where she's just slumped over this throne as it zooms out, like upon, like gazing upon her empire. And I'm just like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Loved it. Guys, I have a confession to make. Oh. I, and this, I don't know how offensive this might be, but I, how do I say this? Every time Razor Fist came on screen, I had to like stifle laughter because it just <laughs> seemed so ridiculous that this like knife pops out of his arm and he like has his own car with Razor Fist vinyl sticker on the side and the vanity license plates <laughs> and i just think it's a great compliment to this movie that as awkward and weird as razor fist was it didn't detract from the movie <laughs> like i thought yeah it would. it's true so first of all that dude is huge he's the dude in creed 2 yeah. right that's massive like when he when they go back to the little compound for the first time and he just walks past all the all the 10 ring soldiers i'm like he is he is two feet taller than any of these guys like huge how did he fit into his own car (laughs) yeah there's like compact little (laughs) what i don't understand is where his sword goes like i had the same question is it like is it like compactable is it like a wolverine arm like what yeah start nanite suit stuff or something like collapsible is he in the comics? Like, what's what's the story with this guy? I don't know. I don't know that he is. Let me let me Google real quick while we're talking about it. Because I don't know if he... Uh, yeah, he's in the comics, and he actually has two blades for hands in the like comics. Like, both his hands are missing? Like, both of his hands are missing. Oh, wow. it's freaky. I hope he can have, like, some sort of hook or arm on the end of those things. Yeah, how does that work? How does he eat? How does he go to the bathroom? I don't know. How's he masturbate? Very carefully. Well, and it's like, yeah, the both hands are blades. And it like, 
yeah, I mean, it's a decent representation of him. Really? Yeah, I mean, oh, that's good to know. The arm piece is a little longer, so like, because that's why I wondered in the movie, like that metal piece that's attached to his arm is quite short, so it looks like three or four inches deep, and I'm like, that knife is like eighteen inches long. Yeah, dude, that's a machete. Yeah, it's like a twenty inch machete. Where's that thing? Where Where does it go? And it just pops out of his arm when it's heated. When they first showed him. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, it's like heated. It's not like it's in there, like just hanging out. Because you got to be like, oh, well, at least he's warm. Uh, yeah. It's I- like a, it's a molten machete. <laughs> yeah. When they first show him, like all he has is that a kind of like stump end of a hand that's metal. And I had no idea who this guy was, so I thought it was like, oh, it's like a battering ram. He just punches you with this metal. That's what I thought. Stump. I was like, ooh, that's gonna suck, dude. That bus scene was awesome. That's like the that's like the first real fight scene, right? Yeah, that's yeah. the first with Shang Chi because the other one, the one before that was the mom and dad. Yeah, which yeah. Was more of like an intimate relationship type thing than a fight. But yeah, the bus was a crazy fight, dude. I freaked out when he right hooks his dude through the window, just yeah. gone out of the oh, movie yeah. forever. I was like, holy shit! What I love too, like he kicks like two or three guys out of the windows, and like they're getting run over by bus tires. Like it's not like they just kind of bounced yeah. and rolled, like. Yeah. I was like, damn, this movie's going there. I mean, there's no like gore or anything, but you're like, oh, nope, they're dead. Dude, the other part of that is when they're fighting on the side of the building. Dude, oh, they're yeah, just yeah, kicking yeah. dudes off. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, just fall into yeah. their deaths. And so that bodies that muddied the whole like near the end where he's like, I'm going to kill my dad. I'm like, hey, first of all, you're not. But don't yeah. act like killing is this huge like moral problem for you. Sure. Because I mean, I I've seen you kill like twenty people in this movie so far. At least <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, killing your dad's like a step above just killing some Joe. For Schmo. sure. But yeah, I mean, it's not like it's outside of his wheelhouse. Like he's t- and it's not like he's being kind about it. It's not like he's like choking this dude out or he's like Mm-mm. snapping a neck and making it quick. No, these guys are like splatting on the ground or getting yeah. run over by a runaway bus. Yeah and well, it's it, not good it takes that story that they're telling like katie and and sean when he's sean they're telling the story to their friends about how him and katie met and then she starts oh, just yeah, yelling yeah. the lyrics of hotel <laughs> california yeah. it completely changes the dynamic of that because katie just saved the bully's life he didn't save sean yeah <laughs> like if the gungan oh, style yeah. comment yeah like yeah. It would have been a lot worse for the Gungam style comment bully than it would. <laughs> I'm not yeah. Korean. No, yeah. <laughs> that reminded me. Have you guys ever seen Hancock with uh, oh, yeah. Will Smith? Yeah. Where he, he's uh, stopping those robbers, those like Asian robbers. And he's like, he's like, Konnichiwa. He's like, and the guys are like, we're Filipino. He's like, yeah. oh, now he's speaking English. That's- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He leaves their car like sitting on the top of a yeah. building. Yeah. yeah, like on that spire. Yeah. That's what that reminded me. I'm not I'm not Korean. <laughs> now you speak in English. Oh, oh now yeah. you speak the English. It's funny. <laughs> so let's talk. Okay, two things. Let's get the the comic relief because I want to finish on the crazy fighting. But <laughs> so Aquafina yeah. has some moments, but she's she's designed to be the main comic relief. And I didn't mind her character. I think you mentioned it too, Javier, last night. I actually didn't mind her character when she was being serious. Yes. Like, I thought she was a good addition to the movie Mm -hmm. when she was playing not the comic relief. But there were times when she was just too... And I think that's the problem with Aquafina in general is when she goes there, she goes all the way there. Yeah. And it gets a little much. I was okay with confused Aquafina and I'm in over my head Aquafina. Like, those those moments. (laughs) Yeah. The... I'm trying to be funny, Aquafina. Like, I didn't love it. Yeah, that's I agree like I did laugh. I'm not going to lie. When they were having the fight on the side of the building and the big guy comes out or the guy with the mask comes out and he said she starts singing Hotel California. <laughs> <laughs> like those moments. Were and it really worked good. for a second. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those moments were really good. But like, there were times when she just was it was too much. Mm-hmm. And then it was even more noticeable. Yeah. When they brought in Trevor Slattery, so they go Who back was to Iron Man. Actually, 3. funny. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, you're in trouble now." Because so yeah. now this guy's actually funny. Yeah, because Ben Kingsley. Because in Iron Man three, it was really funny because he was really frightening as what they called the Mandarin in Iron Man three, who's an actual very frightening villain. 
for Iron Man. Like he's a pretty intense villain. So when they brought Ben Kingsley in for Iron Man 3, I was like, oh shit, that's great. And then it turns out to be fake, you know, and he's this silly British actor. And I'll tell you right, if I know you haven't watched it, Javier, but you should at least watch the scene where Robert Downey Jr. come and and uh Rhodey come in and find Trevor Slattery as Trevor Slattery, not the Mandarin. Because those three, the interaction of those three, like there's one point where Tony Stark shoots a gun in the air and he Trevor Slattery like freaks out and then he puts the hot barrel on his ear <laughs> after the, and he's like, ow, 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 don't hurt the face. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it's just, yeah. And when he came into this movie, I was so happy and it was so damn funny. Dude, when that little creature thing waddles Man. out and Katie and Shang-Chi are like, what, what is that? Why is that? And he's like, what is what? Yeah. Like, that thing's like, oh, you see him? <laughs> But it's like, what? Where's its face? It's like, oh, he's very sensitive about that. Yeah. You can. See, what, what do they call him? Maurice. Maurice. Uh, no. Maurice. No. Murray. It was Murray. Just Murray. Are you sure? I'm pretty no. sure it was Maurice. No, it was Murray. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna go with an uh, M name. That's what I feel confident about. It was definitely M. But you did that last night. You called him Maurice, and I thought, no, it was Murray. I'm pretty sure it was Maurice, dude. Hang yeah. On. I feel like Murray would have jogged some scenes from another movie. Dude, I am like... Oh, it's Murray. Not, it is? Yeah. It's, it's Murray. Wow. Okay. Murray. Yep. M-U-R-R-A-Y, Murray. It comes with Katie. Dude. If you get like your... You can get like a the action figure of Katie and Murray comes with her. <laughs> oh, okay. I was 90%. I mean, 19% sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nice quote, sir. Nice quote. They have a Lego Murray. <laughs> well, we have to have that, right? I have to buy that. Right. <laughs> like, I have to own it. Like, there's no choice. Yeah. Okay. Well, now I know what I got to buy from Legos. Yeah. So, Murray's really funny with Trevor. Like, one of the funniest parts of this movie is when they're driving through the forest. And he's like, he does the 90%, the 19%. And then he says, take a hard left now. Like... <laughs> okay i want to come right back to this i'm so sorry i was reading about maurice and apparently in the in the bus sorry this is not has nothing to do with maurice apparently in the bus when shang chi uses his jacket as a weapon that's a nod to jackie chan and his movies because that's a really like common jackie Jackie chan Chan move yeah i didn't know that anyway sorry i didn't mean to derail us i was just like oh that is awesome what a cool Anyway, that's a good segue because the fight scenes in this movie were out of control good. And one of those, I was really impressed when he does that. He uses the jacket and then he puts it right back on while he's like, it was like one fluid movement. I'm like, that was bitching. Like, yeah, just the choreography, the fight choreography in this movie, dude, out of this world. Blown away by the one between Shang-Chi and the masked. Oh, yeah, the dead dealer. Oh, I. Like, I want to watch that one scene again because I want to know how many punches were thrown. Yeah. Because it was moving so fast and the two blades were like changing hands, like every exchange. I, and Shang-Chi won and he almost killed that dude. Yeah. He was getting ready to murk him and his dad like stopped it. But I love too, like, and I think that's what I loved about this choreography, especially specifically that fight that you're talking about is there was no, like a lot of times choreography, you can tell it's choreography. Like you watch it and you can tell that they're like counting in their head, like one, two, three, you know, this was not that like it was so fast paced and they were swinging hard. Like I want to know behind the scenes how many times those two guys hit each other on accident because the timing was off or something because they were swinging and Shang-Chi comes down with that knife at one point and gets blocked before the end when he wins. And I was like, oh, God, he's really going to just stab the shit out of because he was swinging that knife hard yeah. and it was good and like and i wonder so if it was sped fluid up. like so the, fluid the motions yeah. through it yeah and like especially the movement like around like they have a fight in a bus but they really it's not just in the bus he's on the outside of the bus he's moving from top to bottom in and out of windows like the like how smooth it was through these movements was just mesmerizing in my open opinion. the door please <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, and on the side of the building, he's like running and he's sprinting on this scaffolding, right? Yeah. Jumping, swinging, kicking guys off. Like it was so fun and entertaining to watch. 
because there was like this tension about it of if he misses that swing one iota, he's going off the side of this building, right? And then like yeah. the way that these guys were swinging, like I said, a lot of times as cool as fight scenes can be when they're well choreographed, they always feel clunky because mm-hmm. you can tell that one or another of them is timing it. This one, it just felt so smooth and rehearsed and it was beautiful. It was a whole like Jet Li like feel to it, you know? Yeah, it was so crazy and all of it. And then like even the sister with that weapon, the rope weapon, like she's swinging that around at the end, that big battle, wraps it around a couple guys necks and like slams them into the ground. And like, it was so throwing it between people nailing a monster and recalling it back i'm like 100 yeah. believable all the fights like outside of that first fight that was more of a flirt fight than fight even like the end when everything kind of got like magical between shang chi and the dad like when he comes out and he's he's ridden the dragon and now he's like fighting his dad, actual fighting. And they both got five rings at one point or whatever. Mm -hmm. Even that felt like you could tell, I mean, there was obviously CGI involved, but the fighting felt real. Like again, and just very well choreographed and just impressive that the fighting alone is worth the watch for this movie. Dude, at that moment when he, when Shang Chi got his five rings, or stole five rings from his dad's was 5v5. I was like, dude, your dad's got like a thousand years of experience on you, bro. Using these things. What are you going to do? He didn't seem too concerned either. Um, But I was going to say what made me laugh too was the soul suckers start coming out and they're like, we need to fight together. We've got to be on the same team. And Razor (laughs) Fist is like, we're not going to fall for that. And it sucks the soul out of the guy that was, uh, what did you call it? Was the the death death dealer dealer or something? Yeah, Yeah, the death dealer. He's like, okay, we should fight together. Like, same side. Release them. Release all of them. (laughs) Release all. I did enjoy the part too, right after that, like where he got like one of those dragon blades and was able to like stick Mm -hmm. it in his like armhole, I guess. Like, yeah, yes. replaceable. This army yeah. knife needs to step up their game. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, but I will just to finish on this with the end of this movie. And Javier, you mentioned it in the the spoiler free. It does go full Marvel with the dragon yeah. fight. Like when the when the soul sucker dragon comes out of the cave, and the village dragon that was under the water comes out, and they're having this big fight with the sister and Shang Chi. Which I love that those two like that's like where the relationship really shows that they're he's like i'm not going to leave you again he heard you know they've kind of repaired their thing they're both in a way mourning their father in the middle of this fight because she looks back and sees him dead but man it was crazy that it kind of like you said it pulls you out of the movie because you're like this is so out there i would have loved if like he somehow or the soul sucker never got out right like i loved when shang chi came out on the dragon and the dragon starts eating these little demon mm-hmm. things that shit was cool and then he's fighting and you just see this dragon flying around in the background that was cool but the dragon on dragon fight like i didn't love that like that was distracting from the rest of the movie to me my big thing was why didn't shang chi just give her five rings because they had grasped hands five of the rings were already like partially on her wrist like just give her the other five and let her do her thing that's a good point i didn't think about that like give who five his sister so when the sister and um when oh oh, man i can't remember i see when they were holding hands and he was holding Holding hands yeah and she Uh, had like a couple of rings on her arm and he had a few on his and it's like just give her the rings and let her go like she'll be fine she's obviously can take care of herself i'll tell you why ian because power corrupts an absolute power corrupts absolutely so then it would make even more sense to share the power because it wouldn't be absolute mm. that actually would be smart why don't you just have 10 people everyone gets one ring that's fair <laughs> Think about the damage you could do, still do with one ring you know yeah those rings are pretty yeah. crazy uh um, yeah but i'll agree with you jj i did not love the ja- dragon on dragon fight i ju- i try to usually come with something that i would prefer but i don't really know what i would prefer because the whole movie was leading up to Something is behind, like something's in the village or something's in, behind these walls and they are bad and earth ending. But maybe you're right, JJ, maybe like all the soul suckers get out or a lot of them get out and you're able to stop Wu in the nick of time as like the other dragon is like starting to come out type of thing. And that way you could have still had an awesome like end of movie battle scene without having 
most of it be two CGI dragons. Because even like the the CGI when Shang Chi's on top of the bus or on the side of the building was good. Like it, great, it yeah. didn't it didn't look bad, but it did look bad when they were riding the yeah. dragons through the water. Like mm-hmm. that that part of it that didn't look good. Yeah, at least it wasn't a giant starfish that came out of the gate. So I mean, it could have been worse. That's fair. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. I I just think it was. Yeah, I'm. I really think I liked that the that Wenwu came around and sacrificed himself for his children. He they could have done it without the giant ass soul sucker. It could have been one of the little ones that got him. And then they did he though? Like, did he sacrifice himself? Because he just sort of got caught by the big dragon. And yeah, but he wouldn't have gotten back. caught. Shang-Chi was about to get caught and he jumped on him and pushed him away and then he got Oh, okay. I so, feel like he could have fought his way out of that with the Ten Rings. I yeah, think a thousand years too. and nobody tried rope. But the guy also, you gotta... <laughs> <laughs> but you also gotta remember that this guy, he at that point he just realized that he had been tricked and his wife wasn't back there. He doesn't want to live. He doesn't want to live another thousand years without his wife. And he just realized he Ooh, can't get he just her lost back. her twice. So he's perfectly okay dying in that moment. And he did I it get that. Son. But like your kids are still in danger. Right. So I'm like, it would make sense if he died maybe at the end of the fight or, or he yeah. somehow sacrificed himself to keep the dragon from coming out. But the idea that's like, ah, I'm done. I'm like, dude, you're like, your kids are here, bro. Yeah. I And I get that too. But I also think, Maybe he had this, am I, are my kids better off without me there? You know what I mean? Am I really going to change? It's obviously I'm not going to change. So I I don't know. I'm okay either way when it comes to him dying. I just would have rather them not had the big dragon because then my next question is, why the fuck do they need that village anymore? Yeah, they Uh, killed it. Yeah, everything's dead, right? Yeah. Yeah, if the Cthulhu dragon is coming out of there. I mean, there's still a portal. There's still a portal, right? But so, I mean, I guess they need to be there to defend people going in and out of that portal. But at the same time, like if the Cthulhu dragon, which is like what they've been holding in this joint for 4,000 years, do you really need to be there anymore if there's no soul sucker? I mean, they were there before the soul suckers got there. That's true. So I guess so, that is know, the portal maybe it's, they're going to stay and protect. But yeah, maybe it's just the idea of like, Okay, well, maybe they don't have to, right? Or maybe they're just like, now we can just kind of rebuild and live our lives as normal, making yeah. sacrifices yeah. to the dragon in the lake occasionally. Yeah, A couple of virgins a year should do it. Well, and then they let half the village be dead at the end of the movie. And okay, so yeah. that's yeah. another part that I'm just so proud of Marvel because yeah. people were dying left and right, and they were being so nonchalant about it. Like the dude, the archery grandpa, the young man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They killed him like just... Snap the finger is just dead, right? And I was like, okay, the only reason that they're being this nonchalant about it is because they're going to bring everyone back. So what I thought was going to happen is when the, you know, Cthulhu dragon got blown to shreds by Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, all the souls were going to come back out and go back into the bodies. That I was like, I would have bet money that that, something like that was going to happen. And when it didn't and they had a funeral, I was like, no fucking way. They let people die and just stay dead. I did not think that was possible unless you were a villain in the Marvel Universe. Unless you're one of the dudes that fell off the building, like those guys aren't coming back. But But characters ah. that they actually attach you to emotionally to a degree and they let them stay dead. Yeah, it was impressive. They finally like it wasn't anyone important, right? Like if the ant died, I would have been like, oh, wow. Yeah, that wasn't anyone wasn't high priority people, but it was still like. Good for them. Good. I was actually happy that mom and dad both stayed dead, though I am sad for the Marvel because that was probably their it might have been their best villain ever. I mean, Loki's great in most cases, but this that villain was so complex. Such a good villain. So complex, yeah. That I I'm sad that he's not there because I think he could have made a great villain in for in future movies. And I think the sister could too. I think that they're setting that up, especially at the end where they do like usually this superhero's coming back. They didn't say Shang Chi's coming back. They said the Ten Rings will return, mm-hmm. and I thought that was dope. So I'm excited for that. And she's she's not like a villain. She's like an anti-hero. Yeah, right. She's like a I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. And then obviously, hero's gonna be like, well, I mean, you can't kill people in underground fight clubs. And she's like, yeah. really? Because watch me, watch me. Yeah, that's exactly what she's saying too. Watch me. Well, that's speaking. We've talked about we have no lawful good, but we had some lawful evil. And but she is a pure 
chaotic. Yeah, neutral. chaotic neutral. I'm going to yeah. do whatever I want. Yep. Steal your wife. Sometimes save I'll save the world. Other times I'm going to kill people televised. Yep. In a fight club. Love it. Love everything about her. The like I want credits. her babies. Oh, dude. She, yeah. I was, I was incredibly turned on through a lot of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that scene with Shake Chi and his aunt are fighting. I was like, uh, okay. Is his aunt like looking kind of hot or is it just me? Dude, Michelle Yao has always been attractive and she's still attractive. She's awesome. So they had this mid-credit scene where we're introduced to Bruce Banner not as the Hulk anymore, but still nursing his fucked up arm from Endgame. And then Captain Poo Poo uh, was there. I fucking hate Captain Marvel. So she was there and they're talking about the Ten Rings with Wong and they're transmitting. So some interesting, this is what I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast at the end. So the transmissions could be going out to a lot and based on the things that they've set up, it could be communicating to maybe the Eternals that we're going to see a movie in in November. It could be uh, any number of races that they've introduced. It could be anything. So the TV show Loki, which was a very interesting show to watch, they introduced Kang the Conqueror which he could be transmitting to, who was a huge villain in the comics. He's going to be there. It could be communicating to one of the versions of him. My guess is the rings actually come from a group of aliens or people that have a very strange name that I can't pronounce very well, but they're they're called the Makluan, I think. The Bakugans? Yeah, no, Makluan. And they there is a starship in the comics the Mandarin acquired the rings after he discovered a cr- one of these ships crashed in China. The Makluan are very interesting because it, it could introduce the weirdest character in Marvel, which is Fing Fang Foom, and he's an actual dragon. <laughs> and he's big, big dragon that walks around and talks like it's the weirdest fucking character ever. But yeah, Fing Fang Foom. So he could be seeing things. That sounds a little offensive. It's terrible, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't know anything about I'm not it, Asian, but... but I'm a little offended. Yeah, that's <laughs> but that's his name. Like like I said, he's a big dragon. And I don't maybe they won't they may not have the balls to bring in Fin Fang Foom, but because it's it really probably but he's a Makluan and they're shape shifting aliens. And so yeah, anyway, that's probably Okay. To be with. fair, if I had the ability to shape shift into anything I wanted, I would walk around as a big dragon too. Yeah, why not? I yeah. Oh, I just googled him and God, it's pretty offensive. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I don't think they'll go there. It's, <laughs> it's pretty bad. One step below naming the villain after a chicken dish. Yeah. <laughs> What a great line. They named him after a chicken dish or after an orange. That shit was great. All right. We're ready to rate this thing. We've talked a lot about it. It's a great movie. I do. All right. Javier, you start, buddy. I really enjoyed this movie. Honestly, all of it was really enjoyable, except for that weird fight scene in the beginning and the overly CGI dragon on dragon BDSM scene that we saw. But like, other than that, it was such a good story. Also, some of the music was dope. Oh, great music. Like the one that's coming the one that's coming to mind is the the post-credit scene with uh with the sister. And it's just you're just rocking out. Ah, oh, so cool. Fighting the guys, the fighting was awesome. Like the hand-to-hand stuff was so cool. Okay. As far as a rating goes, I'm gonna give this a four. I think the problems at the end is enough to dock it a point. And then we didn't even mention some of the things like when Shang-Chi had all 10 rings and just threw them at his dad's feet. And I'm like, okay, come on. (laughs) I'm going to give it a four. Awesome movie. There's a couple of things that I wish that they did better, did differently. But like this story is in the Marvel universe, second to none. This this is probably number one for me as far as character progression, story. Like we only tip of the iceberg. Yeah. is what we discussed today as far as like how these characters are interwoven and, and what, yeah. Oh, oh, so cool. I will definitely see this again. In fact, I think I'm going to try to convince Nicole to watch it with me. Cause I think she would like most of it. So yeah, I, I think I sung its praises for the last hour and there's not much <laughs> more for me to say good about it. It's a couple of bad things about it that if you see it, you're going to be like, yeah, that's a little lame, but like it doesn't detract enough from the movie to say that it's a bad movie. Ian. Oh, good question. Good question. What to rate? I will say it's been a long time since I've enjoyed talking about a movie as much as I have this time. 
man, maybe since like Quiet Place Part Two or something like that. But it, it's diving deeper into these characters and and why they made the decisions they did, and just the overall complexity of their histories, coupled with some amazing fight choreography. Even the stuff that was kind of you know would pull me out, like Razor Fist. I sorry, I just I couldn't take him serious. It even when there was stuff like that, I it didn't like pull me out of the movie enough to to dock it for me. I don't know. I feel like I don't have anything to say that hasn't already been said. So I'm going to go with a 4.5 and it's, it's probably at the top for my Marvel list now. Yeah. Razor fist was a problem for, I, my problem with razor fist other than like, where the hell did he keep that blade when it wasn't out was the, the fact that it sounds so much like taser face from the <laughs> guardians of the galaxy too. Like, <laughs> like that's all I can think about is the big goofy. Taser, taser face. face taser face <laughs> i do like that they when he has razor fists on the side of his car i'm like okay we're cool to make fun of this guy then because yeah. that's a ridiculous yeah. thing to do <laughs> yeah, when he's got it on his license plate like it's without plate. the vowels like it's just yeah. rzr fst like i'm like this guy really likes himself well, a it, lot. <laughs> the funniest part too is in this car of a character whose arm is cut off to open the gate you have to put your hand yeah. on the keypad <laughs> well, that must have no. been like the biggest slide ever it's your right hand too so you yeah. have to like reach across yeah. well and it, yeah. not to mention that means he's got to take both hands off the wheel and drive with his knee what is like and he's stop. definitely not driving stick yeah <laughs> And his name, Razor Face. I'm like, there's nothing up with his face. No, it's like, fist. it should be, oh, Fist. That's fist. right. Yeah. Oh, Taser Face. That's why I got to confuse. Taser, that's what I'm saying. I kept thinking Taser Face, not Razor Fist. Yeah, yeah, Razor Fist. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Razor Fist. What oh, a dummy. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, I love this movie, guys. Like, It's the most fun I've had in a movie in a long time. And most, not just because it was entertaining, which it was. There was so much cool action. The fight scenes were incredible. The visuals, for the most part, were stunning. Like the in China or in uh, what was it? Where were they when the the Fight Club? Like when you walk in and like the colors are all there, and they're in that almost worn out building that just looks like it's under construction. And just the city itself was definitely up to code. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the city of Macau. Like it was just really cool visually as well. The soundtrack was great, and the. The, but the most important part for me with this movie is the complexity of all these characters. There was not a single character that didn't have a very powerful through line of story, like in, and of their personality and who they were and why they were the way that they were. And you haven't seen that, like Javier said, in, in Marvel. If ever, there might be one or two movies that have characters with that in-depth of storyline so for me it, it it just was so good at how they told this story and really brought me into relating to all the characters not just the hero but the hero the anti-hero and the villain all three to me were just wildly intriguing and i want to continue to know more i'm sad that the villain's dead because i want to know more about his story i want to see this guy more on the screen so that's a credit to the story to the acting the acting was out of control good in this movie like very believable, very fun to watch. So, in fact, I, Aquafina, I think, was the only one that I would say was lacking. Yeah, and and it was only because she's so over the top when she goes mm -hmm. there. Like I said, in those subtle yeah. moments, like she has the conversation, couple conversations that are quiet conversations with Shang Chi that are very poignant, and she does a great job. Yeah, in those conversations, it's just when she's trying to be su super funny that I'm like, ah, it's too much. Yeah, um, I prefer the subtle humor of a. Uh, you know, of a weird British actor. <laughs> he says that the force will eat us. What, what do you mean the force is going to eat us? I, I don't know. He just says the force is going to eat us. Turn left. <laughs> left here. So yeah, Trevor Slattery was a great addition to this movie. So look, I love this movie. It's not a perfect movie. There are some weird CGI parts at the end. I think that the Cthulhu dragon was a bit much in that final battle. I also thought there were some moments of unbelievability with, since we're talking about Aquafina, her ability to pick up a bow and arrow was wowza fast. Like, yeah, yeah, she was really good, really quick. And she didn't need to be that good that quick. In fact, I think it would have been better if she'd have been shitty 
the whole time she was practicing. And then the fact that she was shooting at a neck on a dragon the size of like a building. So she couldn't have missed if she wanted to would have been way cooler and funnier. You know what I mean? It would have been a great I, moment. But I was thinking about this. I'm like, I think it would have been funnier if she just had some weird way of shooting a bow where she's like, if I close my eyes and just yeah. like look away for some reason, I like hit a bullseye. And so if she was going for that neck thing, she just looks away and sails yeah. it and nails it. I'm like, I would have bought that. Yeah. I mean, like she's just somehow lucky in this magical land. Cool. Yeah. I'll buy it. Yep. I'm the, I'm the same way. I would have bought that a lot more. Uh, and so it just, for me, that was a couple of the things that bothered me. There were just little things throughout. So they could have trimmed it up, but overall that's just nitpicky shit for me. Like, so Ian and I'm I give- were joking around about the hotel California. Like, I don't know how much they paid for that song, but they got their money's worth. Cause they made that joke like four times. Oh, in yeah. the movie. Well, and then they have the, at the very end, they have uh-huh. the uh-huh. to karaoke with Wong. Yep. Kyoto, California. Yeah, that was great. Oh, um, or (laughs) yeah that was a great callback to that so anyway uh, i'm also going to give it a four and a half i will definitely see this again i'm with you javier the more i talk about it the more i think about this movie casey wasn't really thrilled to see it but i think i want to try to drag her to it and see because i think she'd enjoy most of it because it's just a great movie with some great characters so yeah there it is four two four and a halfs go see this movie Figure it out as long as you feel comfortable doing it and going seeing the theaters. If not, in a few months, it'll be on Disney Plus. If not, rent out an entire movie theater just for yourself and go watch this in theater. You know, most of the theaters are doing that. Go find your friends and that you're comfortable with and rent that some bitch out because man, this movie's great and you should watch it in the theater if you can. So I will probably never sing praises like this for a Marvel movie again. I'm hoping the Eternals get you because the trailer that looked looked cool. Yeah. That looked way cool. That looked very looks really X-Men-esque. Cool. And yes. I do love the X-Men movies. Yeah, I really think that's how they're going to introduce the X-Men. But I'm hoping that the Eternals will get you just like this one. So anyway, with that, guys, go check us out. What's our verdict.com. Leave us a comment. Go to our Facebook, our Instagram, or our Twitter page and leave us a comment there. Interact with us. We want to hear from you. Those are all at What's Our Verdict. Leave us a rating. If you're on Apple, I, Apple podcast go leave us a rating there please Uh, we'd love a five but whatever you leave us is fine we want to hear your feedback stitcher you can also leave reviews we appreciate anything you do sign up for a newsletter so you know what we're watching so you can watch and that way you don't have to avoid the spoilers you can just watch along with us and then hear what we have to say thanks for tuning in we'll catch you on the next one bye-bye now cinemagic out